Welcome to The Kitchen Table, a conversation about faith, music, and culture. Join Shine.fm's ministry director, Brian McIntyre-Utter, and his son, Jake, around the table for this week's chat. There are many reasons why family, with all of its imperfections and defects, continue to be central in our lives, and sometimes it's good to be reminded of why family matters. Welcome to The Kitchen Table. My name is Jake. And I'm Brian. We are a father-son show talking about faith, music, and culture, and we just want to welcome you back and welcome, if it's your first time, to The Kitchen Table. The way the show is set up is we do a faith discussion. We usually have guests or we just kind of do a father-son talk, but this week we have guests, and we just talk about our faith discussion for the week and kind of conversate or interview people. Isn't that a word? Conversate? It's funny because I was talking to Ashley earlier and I used the word conversate, didn't I? Yeah, you did. And I was like, we totally use that word. It's yeah. not a real word. No. Okay. Conversate. <laughs> you know what I mean. But we just do our faith discussion and then we move into a segment called Music Matters. And that is where we just share our music that we're listening to. I typically do a song of the week. Dad does a new song of the week and then brings it to the oldie but goldie mm-hmm. as he's always done in my life. And then we move into our last segment called Culture Shock. And that is where we we talk about culture shockers, as I like to say. Difference makers in community. They can be your average Joe Schmo or an athlete, a celebrity, a actress, actor, a famous person. So this week, um, one, we're going to be talking about the the topic, why family matters, and just going to have a conversation about this. And so we have guests with us in the studio. I basically just hollered and said, hey, who wants to be on a podcast today? And they all agreed to do this. So we'll let you guys introduce yourself. We'll start with Nick. Hey, I'm Nick. And Nick, you're from? I'm from San Antonio, Texas. San Antonio, Texas. Who's a student at Olivet. You just finished your? Sophomore year. Sophomore year. Okay. And then Miss Kyla. I am Kyla Bledsoe. And you're originally from? I'm from Watauga, Illinois, a little small town out in the middle of nowhere. Lots of corn. <laughs> yeah. And Kyla it just finished her master's degree. So we can call her master. Golf club. Master. Oh, please do. Kyla. Master blood. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll also go with Ashley right here. I'm Ashley. I'm from Cedar Lake, Indiana. You just finished your freshman year at Olivet. Yes, I did. So they are our guests today, and we're going to talk about why family matters. So I'm going to throw out the question to you personally, why does family matter? Kyla. I come from a really tight-knit family, and having my family support me throughout every stage of life has been so critical to my faith. Every formation in my life, they have been very supportive in basically everything I try to do because I like to do a lot of stuff and I like to dip my hand in a lot of stuff and they kind of just float along for the ride and if I want to try out playing a ukulele, they support me in that. If I want to try my hand at wiffle ball, they are there (laughs) beside me to support any of my passions and help me grow as a person but also in my faith journey as well. I came to Olivet to be close to my family. I was going to go farther away for college. So having a close relationship with my family has always been like such an important thing to me. Mm-hmm. And just staying close to here, being able to just drive home mm-hmm. is so important. They're like my built-in best friends almost. I go to them <laughs> yeah. for everything. It's really important. I can't relate to that living close to family thing because obviously I Mr. went Texas. about a thousand miles away. <laughs> <laughs> but... My family has come to visit countless times. I don't even know how many times. It's always been my grandma who also lives with me and just Mm -hmm. coming up to see how I'm doing, if I need to go to the store or something like that. And my cousin lives in Michigan too, so she just stops by and goes and sees them. And having the strong bond with her and my mom, who is working like two jobs so she can't come visit, the relationship and the being raised was different. Mm -hmm. And the relationship with my grandma is a lot stronger than maybe, you know, other people may have with their grandma. So it's like that relationship's pretty good too. 
the one thing that I've learned in my 21 years of life with family is that I've always lived by the motto because we've moved around so much being missionaries in a foreign country. Home is your family. Home is not a location for me. Home is my people. I have been blessed to learn the aspect that friends are also family. So my closest friends, I would consider cousins or brothers or sisters. My best friend's parents when I was growing up were aunt and uncle. They weren't just, oh, hey, Mrs. Carney or hey, (laughs) you know, I think family is a really cool concept. It is blood related, but also social understanding that important people in your life are considered family. And I love that. So the words I'm hearing, I've been writing down words as you guys have been talking is support. I love the phrase, they're built in best friends. Mm -hmm. And let's face it, they'll always be best friends. They'll always be a part of you. I heard bond in there. And then home is my people. I was reading this thing that says the family is the best place to learn. You talked about support and trying Mm -hmm. new things. Family is the center of our whole development when it comes down to it. And it's not just the school you go to when you grow up, but family is a huge influence on the development as we grow older. Mm -hmm. It's a place where we discover our talents, where we're given the opportunity to develop the virtues, the principles, and the fundamental values that we need to lead healthy and productive lives. Let's talk about values. What values, what was the role of your family in developing your values, your belief system that you have today? Um, I'm laughing because I grew up with two younger brothers. That looks a little different just in the fact that I had to learn to stand up for myself um, with my brothers and also learn to respect because I'm the oldest of us three. Respect, obviously, you want to be respected as the eldest of the three, Mm -hmm. Um, but learning to respect your elders as people who are older than you in your family and also respecting those that are younger than you so that you are mutually able to understand and agree with each other and there's no power struggle between your family dynamic. One of the big things for my family was not taking life too seriously. We're Mm -hmm. always laughing together, especially when we all have a hard day, like just coming home even from school after finals week and being able to just unwind and laugh with them and just sit like in the family room and talk for hours has been so important and like a de-stressor on my life. I can definitely relate to both of those, but my family also, me growing up as an athlete, it was always sportsmanship. Be like that friend to the other athletes, even if they're not on your team, you know, that's like the love your neighbor as yourself kind of thing, Mm -hmm. where it's like, even if someone on the other team is doing something you don't really care for, or you're kind of getting frustrated at them, like, you know, encourage them and still like be competitive, but it's just like, you know, don't get mad and just go with the flow and compete Mm -hmm. and then ultimately Mm -hmm. win. (laughs) (laughs) and the competitive streak that's there as well right oh Oh, yeah Yeah. (laughs) if you've listened to the podcast before you know my dad and i's journey with mental health and mental healing Mm -hmm. with our autistic well your autistic son my autistic brother i think the biggest value that i've learned from my family is it's okay to not be okay Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. vulnerability is a strength and a tool to build trust and relationships with people, especially like outside of your family. Both of my parents have showed that to me very well. And then also I've learned how to be a better person after following my family. And like, that's just everyone in my family really. And kind of learned, there's some family members where it's like learned what not to do. But then, I mean, that's in every family, especially like a lot, like my grandparents and my parents learned what to do and how to be a decent human being in this world. I know it's not 
necessarily in all families, but families provide a necessary environment for us to become the best versions of ourselves is a phrase that I read this week. And I thought that was a great place. You know, starts when we're children, it becomes a home when a family brings it to life. The time we spend with our family stays with us forever. You're creating treasured memories as a part of this. So my next question would be, why are families precious to God? I think families are precious to God just because he desires us to be in community with one another. He desires us to grow in relationships together, grow in him through relationships that are glorifying to him. And obviously the family structure, the natural family structure is ideal. But even when people don't have that, what doesn't look like the typical family structure, it's still a beautiful thing. If there are foundations that were built in Christ, if there are family structures that were built in Christ, like Jake was saying, having friends that are like family, Mm -hmm. those are things that can help draw you closer to him by worshiping together, by reading his word together, by growing together in community. Kyla stole my answer. (laughs) I was going to say almost exactly that. You brought up a really good point of God has kind of ordained this family. I mean, the church is one giant family and that's Mm -hmm. kind of overarching, but I think you're stealing my next question, by the way. So I'm go sorry. Ahead. Go well, right ahead. She yeah. stole mine, so I'm stealing yours. Uh, but I think that the church is, and this is where I'm still a little confused because I'm, I'm still learning, is the church based off of the family, direct family impact, or is the f- direct family impact based off of what the church is? And so that's just an interesting, I don't know, that can be a question, I don't know, but I think that's a cool, it's so similar because they're both God-ordained. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big part of it, yeah. Well, I have always been an introvert, so the fact that God doesn't want us to be alone and he gave us people like from the moment we were born to have next Mm -hmm. to you has always been something that kind of amazes me. Even when I don't want anybody to be around me, my family's (laughs) around me. Mm -hmm. So that's always just been so precious. And even like with the friends being your family, it's just so precious to know that like even though you want to be alone and even if you do feel alone, you're not, even if it's just God and God is your father. So he's Mm -hmm also your family mm-hmm. right. and kind of building off of that too like you said when you're first born you have those people that are there to like help you with your walk with god and also great people to answer your questions mm-hmm. because maybe you have a few questions that you don't really want to ask your friends mm-hmm. because you're afraid that you're going to get judged or something that's where your family comes in because you know they're not going to judge you or maybe they'll pick on you a little bit <laughs> but they are always going to provide the right answer or do the best that they can to provide you with the right answer yeah. So families are judge-free zones yeah, for the most part. I just had that this past week where I've been wrestling with some really deep questions and deep faith questions. And while my mom sat there and she's like, I don't have the answers for you. She was there to walk alongside me in that. And though she doesn't completely understand exactly how my brain is processing things, she has been a massive support to me as I've been sitting and trying to sift through the word and trying to answer life's deep questions that obviously are a little difficult to wrap your brain around, but Mm -hmm. she was the most perfect support in that. And sometimes that's so nice too, because they know you better than yourself Mm -hmm. sometimes. So they can give the best advice, something that you never even thought of. Oh, for sure. The phrase that Jake mentioned earlier, home is my people. Family is home. A house is a house. It's a building. You can put Mm -hmm. furniture in that building, but until the family is there, it does not truly become a home. And another great thing is that it doesn't matter where you go you're a thousand miles from home, family goes with us Mm. because family resides more than just in that house. Mm -hmm. They reside in our heart. No matter where you go, your family goes there with you. 
Family also means love, unconditional love. Talk about that unconditional love you experience in family. One of the main ways that I was shown the unconditional love was growing up, it was just my mom and my grandparents and I, because my dad was out of the picture. Mm -hmm. But my grandparents always, especially my grandma, always played sports with me no matter what it was. She would go play basketball in the backyard and she'd end (laughs) up breaking a fingernail and having to quit. I'm like, we just started five minutes ago. (laughs) But there was that and there was baseball and she'd go do the parent versus like kids game where the parents would be out and playing and the kids would always want to win. Like we'd always be all super competitive. And then she'd go play in out, out in the outfield, little 73 year old grandma, just <laughs> trying to keep up with everybody else. And she always wanted to make sure that I had like the same experience as everyone else. Even if, if mine was a little bit different mm-hmm. boy scouts too, when she would go on the camping trips and everyone else would have their dad and she would be there with me. She wanted to make sure I had very similar experiences. That's where I seen a lot of the unconditional love and my mom as well, providing for my family, not only, just me, but also them because they live with us. So that's Mm -hmm. been a lot of the love that I've seen throughout Mm -hmm. my family growing up. I think about how when I was younger, my family and I kind of grew up a little bit more legalistic. And as time has gone on, we've really learned what unconditional love means and what mercy means and looks Mm -hmm. like through that. Um, It's been a beautiful thing in our journey to that because obviously as a society, we're all growing and wanting to grow together to be able to understand each other better because you don't know other people's life circumstances. So you can't judge their life circumstances based upon just looking at them on the surface or looking at them from one interaction. So I think my family has done a great job of instilling in me that you can't look at someone and say, yeah, they're a bad person because I had one bad interaction with them. But unconditional love and what we're called to as believers is to show unconditional love to people regardless of how they're treating us or how they're treating others because we have been shown that same unconditional love from our father. Thinking of this, I kind of think of the five love languages. And for my family, it's always been like, we don't really say like, I love you all the time. It's like mess around with each other, Mm -hmm. little like back and forth insults, but it's all in like good fun. And so lately it's been a lot of acts of service in my life that I've Mm -hmm. seen. Like Mm -hmm. when I was in high school, I was a cheerleader and my parents were wrestlers when they were in high school. When I joined the cheerleading team, they were furious. (laughs) (laughs) They were so upset. And I did it for, I think like seven years Mm -hmm. and so they were at every single basketball game football game cheerleading competition Mm -hmm. that would go for like seven hours we would be down in indianapolis which is like three hours away and they would continually show up every single time and even for the radio show my mom when i was on midnight she would literally stay up till midnight and listen (laughs) so it's just acts of service and even the five love languages just looking at that and like how everybody expresses love differently yeah the five love languages are a really cool thing because you get to learn about people and just the way that they receive love and then also how you can give love the easiest way. I think for me, through mistakes that I've made my whole life, my parents have always been there for me. Anytime I'd be ashamed of like something that I've done and like scared to tell my parents about it, they were always open and honest and vulnerable with me and the fact that they were like, yeah, was that a bad decision? Yeah, it was, but we still love you and we still care for you because nothing is ever going to break that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just like a great example of unconditional love that God gives us. Leads me right into this uh, sentence I set you up. You did. (laughs) It says, our family is the atmosphere in which we're loved for who we are and not for what we do or do not do. Pure love is what gives us the energy to develop all aspects of our personality, the physical, the emotional, and the spiritual, strengthening our personality and giving meaning to our lives. 
When I say the phrase, family is a refuge, how does that make you feel? What does that bring to mind when I say family is a refuge? I automatically think of any time that something goes wrong in my life and I want to pick up the phone and call my mom or pick up the phone and call my dad. And a lot of those times you kind of go back to your younger self in the fight or flight circumstances of life where there's just a lot going on and you need shelter. My dad always gave the best hugs growing up. <laughs> and so when those th when things are going wrong, I want a hug. And my parents were really good about that growing up. I yearn for that in those circumstances. Now I know like here in the office, I've created a family here locally just with my coworkers and friends and different people here in the area. And Megan has become part of my family here. And she knows that if I'm having a bad day, I need a hug. She'll come over and ask if I need a hug. And it's just a little piece of how my family has been a shelter to me in the past and is continuing through into my current life. For me, I think of my first semester here at all of it. I lost a lot of things during COVID that like I identified with and that I used as like an identifier. So I didn't really know who I was going into my first semester and I was really struggling just with finding out what I wanted to do, who I wanted to be and just some mental stuff. And so I would go home every single weekend and it was like a shelter, a place that I could just go and forget about the stress of school, forget about the stress of COVID and just remember that like these are my people and this is where I can go even when I feel like I don't even know who I am. If you're going through something, your family is always there. And like we said earlier, friends are also your family. And that's mm -hmm. kind of what I found here is that my friends, if I'm ever going through something, they always are there to listen to what I'm going through. If I just need to talk it out or especially my RA this past year, he was a big factor in my life when I was going through some stuff this past semester. And he's like, do you just want to go for a walk? Just mm -hmm. walk around campus. I was like, yes, let's do that. Sounds <laughs> perfect. Like, let's mm -hmm. go for a walk. That was at like 1130 and we would walk around campus for hours and just, you know, get back to the dorm at like maybe 130 or something and just talk out problems. And he'd share some stuff, too. And that your family, your friend family is also a big part of your life in that way. Refuge is an interesting word in the fact that for home, because in high school, I needed refuge from home, like with just how chaotic it was. Yeah. And so that's where like friends came in to play. But now that I'm in college and like away from home, refuge is like back at home, which is great. And it's always been home. And I'm not trying to say that like my home life is terrible. I'm not going to, my dad's <laughs> sitting right here. Um, but there are so many different aspects of how crazy our life is. And I think that refuge is, it's a term of peace. I mean, it's a term of rest and peace. And I can find refuge in the places that I need to find it because there are some times where it's just like so desperate that I can find find it in like my friends. I can find it in a nice hammock on mm -hmm. a nice sunny day. But I think with family, it's a chaotic refuge because I mean, <laughs> if you, I, none of you know Michael, but Michael is a hoot and a half. My refuge with Michael is literally talking about superheroes with Marvel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anytime. It's such a weird thing because it's different for everybody. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. It shows how different and dynamic people are. Yeah. When you discuss family as a refuge, it doesn't matter what you're going through if you know that you're not going through it alone. And that's the great thing about refuge. Family is where we encourage each other, where we console each other, affirm each other, and we have fun together through times of even <laughs> adversity. We've talked a lot about all these good lovey-dovey things of families, and we've all grown up in good families, mm -hmm. but there are families out there that are very dysfunctional. 
what if your family is not like this, that it's not the best place to learn, that our family uh, is not really defined by the term home, that my family doesn't necessarily mean love, that family is not a refuge to me. What would be your advice to that person? Seek out people in your life who support you unconditionally, who have made an effort to genuinely get to know you and every aspect of you because they're the ones who will stay invested in you for the long term. Coming here to Olivet, I did not have, I didn't know anyone um, (laughs) when I first came in as a freshman and I struggled a lot because I, I knew a couple people on campus from back home, but I wasn't super close with them then. And so I had to reinvent the wheel of creating a family here and so I struggled for a long time and felt lost and lonely and I remember calling my mom like every night and really thought about transferring out after my, my first semester freshman year it was only because I started finding people who would ask how I'm doing in passing those asking how you're doing in passing became longer conversations mm-hmm. and those longer conversations become became hey let's go grab coffee and from there connection after connection was forming and I can see how God's hand was in every relationship. So looking out for those connections in your life, those people who are genuinely interested in how you're doing. Ditto. (laughs) It's hard to follow that up. I was like, that's well said. (laughs) Thank you. The truth of the matter is that Satan wants to destroy families. He wants to tear families apart. He does not like family because family is a God-ordained thing. That's why we call him our heavenly father. So, But the thing to remember is since we are God's children, and even though Satan wants to hurt us and tear our families apart, we have power on our side mm-hmm. to restore that family. Our goal is that family can be a place where you can learn. Family can be a place you can call home that means love, that is a refuge. And if you don't have that in your current situation, family is also church. Mm-hmm. Find a community of people that can become your family, and you can find that at the local church. And families, it's so critical to focus on what bonds you together, what makes you similar, mm-hmm. rather than hyper-focusing on the differences. And that goes for blood family, that goes for non-blood family, that goes for your church family, whatever it is, that if you start focusing on what makes you different rather than what unites you, mm-hmm. you're going to be torn apart and you're going to let Satan meddle and get his dirty hands in your business. <laughs> and you don't want that because God designed families to be a beautiful thing. And that's our faith conversation. Now moving into Music Matters. So in this segment we call Music Matters, what we do is we look at music. We're big fans of music. We celebrate the generational differences of music. How it works is I bring a song, Jake brings a song, and then we'll go back in time for a classic that we'll pull from the vault. I have a new song this week. New song. If you watch the Super Bowl this year, you know you have someone who sings the national anthem, but then they also have someone who sings America the Beautiful. And it was a lady who sang it who also played guitar who was phenomenal. And her name is her H period E period R period I'm not sure what her real name is but that's her artist name I have a song from her get it and Torin Wells oh wow it's called Hold Us Together and they're gonna talk a little bit about the song and then we'll hear part of the song called Hold Us Together this is Torin Wells and I'm her y'all know who she is okay and we have a brand new song, Hold Us Together, and we want to share a little bit about the story behind it. I am so interested to know where this song came from. 
Yeah, actually the song came from a good friend of mine. His name is Josiah and um, he was, I guess, feeling, you know, kind of what was going on during the pandemic and mm -hmm. we're still in it now. And when he played me the song, I kind of was in tears when I heard it. We worked on it together. I changed some of the lyrics just to really bring home the message and um, worked on the production with D-Mile. We, we created this kind of big moment, really for the movie safety, but then when I called you to be on it, I just felt like we could take it so much further and give people this message and give people hope through music. Because at the end of the day, no matter what, I think God is always there to hold us together and give yes. us hope and keep it together. And um, yeah, it was it was definitely a moment when I listened back to, to when you hopped on yeah, the song. It's so good. and. Like you said, the world feels like it has been unraveling. And it's good to know that we are still in good hands, hands that hold us together. I didn't know she was a believer. I've, I've heard of her. I've heard of her. her. I've heard of her <laughs> before. Yeah. And I didn't know she was able to, That's awesome. It was really good. Phenomenal talent. My song is also new. Oh, brand, a new one. Brand spanking new. It's still got the new car small, if you know what I mean. I do. So Kane. Mm-hmm. Great band. Siblings. We play them on Shine, I think. Yes, we do. I don't work here. I just do a podcast for them. Yeah. Kane. Sibling group. Pastors, kids. Mm -hmm. Love them. Well, they just released their album. Okay. So it, the full it, project. It, the, it, so it's called Rise Up, based off of the like their hit song right yeah. now, Rise mm -hmm. Up, Lazarus, parentheses, Lazarus. I listened to it mm -hmm. this morning. It is bopping. Remember, remember I taught you the word? Yes. My favorite song is called I'm So Blessed. And it's got like the Southern gospel like choir with it. It's uh -huh. so good. So just check it out. Here's I'm So Blessed by Kane. Oh, yeah. I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. Got this heartbeat in my chest. No, it doesn't matter about the rest. If I got you, Lord, I'm so blessed. All right. Well, hopefully so we'll hear that one sometime in the future. It's so good. The rest of the yeah. album is so good. I'll check it out. It's See, really that's the good. thing. When you work in radio, you don't listen to like you, full you projects. To you don't listen to You listen to a whole... song at a time. Yeah. It's time now for us to go back in time, open the vault door. It is our oldie but goldie. So I'm going to go, uh, speaking of sibling group, I have a sibling group as our oldie but goldie today. Oh. This is a group called Anointed, and they were popular in the 90s. It's brother and sister. They were at one time a trio, but it's really a brother and sister plus one. And the brother and sister from Columbus, Ohio, Steve Crawford and Daedra Crawford Greathouse are their names. Great, phenomenal, kind of a pop ur mm -hmm. urban uh, R&B sound. And so they had a major song in 1995 that was one of the top songs of the year, and it's called Send Out a Prayer. So here is Anointed. <laughs> Nice. We love sibling groups. Sibling groups, you know, they just, because yeah. we've talked about family and why it matters today, sibling groups have this tight harmony thing oh, that yeah. they got going oh, on. Yeah. That's just a natural thing when you Genetics. have singers. That wraps up Music Matters. And now moving into Culture Shock. All right, in Culture Shock, we look at someone who is making a difference in the culture. Could be a celebrity status type person, an athlete or an actor. Could be your average Joe Schmo. Today, I want to highlight, I guess you would call them a ministry. Have you seen the app called Chosen? I have not. 
Chosen is basically an app. It's a way of distributing episodes that were filmed on the life of Jesus that are extremely. Oh, the show chosen. The show chosen. You said app. Well, that's it's an app, was... too. It's, oh, uh, that's how I, I watch I it on know the app. A, I didn't know it was an app. I thought it was on TV or something. The founders of the organization that created Chosen have now launched a new studio. It's called Angel Studio. What it does, and how Chosen was made, if you don't know this, it was crowdsourced. Really? Yeah. They put episodes out there, and if you want to see more episodes, donate here. And that's how they've, I mean, they've raised literally millions of dollars to produce these extremely well done yeah. episodes chronicling the life of Jesus. And so now, because of that platform and the way that they've done this, they now have started Angel Studios, where it's a company that's going to empower creators of content to partner with angel investors, who are the people that are giving to make these projects happen, to select, fund, and distribute shows on this platform. They're actually rolling out a $5 million crowdfunding offering to fund new technology that will put the power of television into the hands of people who actually are watching it, which is kind of a cool thing. Angel Studios is a crowdfunded movie studio. It allows investors to choose which titles are chosen, funded, and distributed by the company. Yeah. So that's how this, I mean, this whole thing is working. That's how Netflix kind of started because Netflix is weird. It has two different CEOs. You have one who is the business side of CEO. And the creative and side. And then you have the person who's what's called the content curator. So this is the guy that's going all over the world and finding these people that are producing yeah. television or movies, and uh, they're now cultivating all this content. Well, this is an, a ministry who is doing that same thing. They have more than 30,000 investors that are a part of this wow. already. This new thing on television isn't Netflix or Disney Plus. It isn't satellite or cable television anymore. You know, when they launched season two of The Chosen, which is this Jesus-focused mm -hmm. series, they did that on Easter. They have the website, thechosen.tv, but they also have the app. And that's what most of the people are watching this is really? on their, their mobile app. Uh, they can also, on Facebook, you can watch it there. In fact, on Facebook, the first episode of season two was watched by a million people right away wow. on awesome. YouTube, which is another, and this is the thing about it. It's content and how you distribute content on YouTube. We had 2 million people that tuned in right away for the very first episode. Wow! So it's just kind of crazy how this is working, but uh, I wanted to highlight them because I think they're doing something that's unique that no one else is doing. And the fact that it's involving people who want to be a part of this in creating television, movies, whatever you want to call these episodes, because it's really, it's content more than anything yeah. that is showing the life of Christ and showing the values that we follow as Christ followers. This series has been streamed now, The Chosen, more than 110 million times. Dang, that's crazy. That is just unbelievable. It is a rare Christian project that has drawn high praise from every segment, every denomination. It doesn't matter. It's even united two groups that would never agree about films, and that is those who love Christian movies and those who hate Christian movies. Yeah. They're out there, and, and I probably lean on the side of... They hate because I, I like great storytelling and they are great stories and the production value is decent, but it, where it falls flat is the actors. They don't invest in, in good actors, mm -hmm. but they have brought these two groups together. Kudos to the creators of uh, The Chosen. Thechosen.tv is where you can find that. Also, you can download their app if you've not watched this. Highly recommend it. They are huge difference makers and definitely if anyone has been shocking culture lately, these guys are doing it. That's awesome. Well, that wraps up Culture Shock. 
And that wraps up this episode of The Kitchen Table. We want to thank our friends for the faith discussion that we had. The, I think a lot of good came out of it, a yeah. lot of good stuff. We want to thank them. And if you want to reach us, the best way of doing that is through our Facebook group under the Shine.fm Facebook page, page uh-huh. in the group tab. And there we can you can ask us questions. You can recommend music for us to listen to. I would like that. <laughs> uh, or we, you can tell us a story about people that are making a culture shock in your area, in your culture. Mm-hmm. So thanks for spending some time with us this week. We will talk to you soon. Stay salty and lit. Thanks for listening to The Kitchen Table on the Shine.fm Podcast Network from Olivet Nazarene University. Be sure to subscribe for more content delivered each week on faith, music, and culture.